Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 168. Our guest today is Alan Willett, author of the new book, Lead with Speed. Fire up your team, power your engines of development, and make your organization soar. Alan is an author, consultant, speaker, and expert in enabling leaders, teams, and organizations to take control to get their teams and organization to move faster in these challenging times. Good morning, Alan. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Delighted to be here. Alan, we are loving your new book, Lead with Speed, the follow-up to Leading the Unleadable. Tell us what inspired you to write the book. Well, three big things, really. I love connecting the stories of those that have actually radically improved to those people that really want to, to become more successful. Uh, That's reason number one. Number two is, oh, it is so delightful to see the lights turn on for people that the book connects with. When they call me and say, hey, this is what I did and this is what happened makes my week, my year. And finally, I actually love writing. The whole process is fun for me. So be able to gather the stories from my past and what I'm doing right now to be able to relate it to people, just a ball of fun for me. I like doing this. So in this particular book, tell us what the challenges are you were trying to solve. Oh, that's a great question. Here, I'll start with the story. I go into an organization and they say, Alan, we really need your help. And I say, do some pre-work. Tell me what the problems are. What are you facing? What are you trying to do? And I go in and there's this list on the whiteboard of 12 things. And I listen to them and I go up to the whiteboard and I put six W's down, three O's in two F's. And they said, what are those? Well, I just wrote down the W's are where you're whining. The O's are where you have observations. And the F's are just facts. These are just how things are in your business. What are you really trying to do? And it really led to this fascinating discussion. They said they wanted to go faster. But my question was, faster to where? After going through this for quite a bit, it came out to be they wanted to be innovating faster than their competitors. And that changed the whole discussion to what they were trying to accomplish and how they were trying to accomplish it. So what I find is multiple organizations is this. People want to go faster, but they haven't articulated clearly where they want to get faster to, why they want to get faster, and then we can start tackling how. So that's the big challenge. A lot of people are focused on how to go faster, and they're focused on the ideas, but not on the engines of development. That's where I really am helping people. I'd be really curious to understand how this shows up in these organizations, right? Because we are all under tremendous pressure to innovate, maybe now more than ever. Markets are changing all the time. And there's almost this innate feeling like we're just not getting things done quickly enough. Is that always the answer, though? No. And by the way, what I'm talking about when I talk about speed is really sometimes you have to do things differently to get faster. It doesn't mean, by the way, being more frenetic. It doesn't mean working longer hours. I know it's trite to say work smarter, not harder, but it really turns out that when I go into these organizations and we 
instrument some of their processes, how they do things and measure their data, we're actually able to figure out what things are in the way and actually how they can go faster. And sometimes that means adding some things they weren't doing before, like actually doing inspections of work products before you go to the next step. It's really interesting. You know, in driving, we would always say smooth is fast. So (laughs) it sounds like you're almost trying to help these organizations figure out where the rough spots are so that they can smooth them out. Yes, but it's more than that. You know, uh, here, let's go with the driving analogy for a minute. You know, a lot of times management is really under pressure to go fast and they put pressure on their teams, but they neglect to install in the whole organization this culture of generating ideas of how to go faster. If I asked you, uh, you know, how would you get from New York City to LA and you had a car handy, you might say, I drive a car. But what's the faster way? Well, certainly an airplane. Right. And what's the fastest of all? Like an F-18. Yeah, sure. (laughs) um, And by the way, if you really want to get there fast and do it so repeatedly, you probably should have two or three of them on hand with two or three pilot crews and, you know, a dedicated airport. So this is what I try to install in these organizations is the idea that they have to really look at the whole engine of the organization and how they're driving and have everybody be part of the culture to come up with ideas of how we can go faster. And even if those ideas are more expensive than you can imagine, they should bring them forward. One of the companies I was working with, the developers, uh, this was high tech, the developers were not coming up with any grand ideas. I said, look, if you have a million dollar idea, they will want to hear it. And they said, no way they would want to hear it. I had the uh, buyer come in, the person responsible, and they said, look, If you're one day late, we lose $30 million on our manufacturing line. I want to hear your ideas. And it completely changed everybody's attitude to really generate whatever ideas they possibly could at how they could go faster with speed, with quality to the value desired. And that's what I'm trying to instill throughout the book is that whole cultural mindset to turn over every rock, every opportunity to look for speed improvements. And as you're doing that, you know, you're looking at areas that can be improved. How do you decide which ones are winners and losers and, and prioritization and quality control and things like that? Oh, excellent question. First, the whole book's about that, but there's one chapter in particular this comes out. Create a portfolio for speed. And here's where I'm really encouraging two things. One is almost every organization has a customer-facing roadmap where they have hundreds of ideas they're constantly prioritizing of features and services they want to bring to their customers. But they rarely have a portfolio of speed improvements. What I'm encouraging them to do is treat those speed improvements as equal footing for the value they want to deliver to their customers. So if you generate these ideas, you put them into the system and they get vetted just like you would a project. What's the value of this? What's the investment we have to make to make this happen? etc. And a lot of times these investments can be made at an individual or team level. Sometimes it has to go up to the head of the organization because it's really it's a whole corporate change that would have to be implemented. So it, with a portfolio of speed system, you really uh, rigorously create this culture of looking for these ideas and also vetting each of the ideas and seeing how to use it. And also when you do a customer facing project, you see what the revenue achieved with. When you do a speed project, you better follow up and see, did it actually make us faster? And what can we learn from that? If it didn't, how can we do it better? If it did get us faster, how can we learn from what we did so we could do it even better the next time? 
That's the mindset. It's amazing what that can incentivize. But looking at every business that we have has a different culture. And my business is different from Shy's and on and on. And how do we initiate that? And do you have an example? Here's an example. Uh, I can give a couple. First example, there's an organization where management really became vastly aware that their team was slow. And they had been complaining to the team that they were slow. And the reason they were complaining, which wasn't clear until some consultant like me pushed them, was that the competition was starting to catch up or pass them. They were innovating faster than them. Now, uh, what it turned out is when we dug underneath the covers to find out, you know, how the engines of development were working, we found out one part of the engine was a rusted, crusty mess. In high tech, it's called technical debt. I just call it rust. And to make a change in this part of the system was 10 times slower than making a change or improvement in any other part of the system. If you had a car with that kind of problem, what would you do? you take out that piece and replace it with a new one. So instead of the engineers whining about technical debt now and the managers complaining about them going slow, we looked at what would it take to replace that part of the engine with a new piece. And they did it. And now they're 22 times faster than they originally were by basically putting in a fuel injector. Boom. Now when you push on the pedal, they actually got a response. Things that they couldn't implement before, they could implement in two weeks. That's great. And I'm looking at today's situation that we're right in the middle of this pandemic. And there's a bit of overwork being done and a lot of stress. And is it a great time to have some of this evolution of bringing in some speed to be able to take some of our idle time and be flowing into that? How would they start? What's a good area to be looking at first? Well, first, I got to say, what new did you discover right now? I just corresponded with one of my clients this morning, and they're noticing that meetings are working better in two ways. They found out that people are better prepared with agendas because they don't want to waste people's time in a Skype or Zoom or whatever video conference they're using. And that was dramatically different, she said. The second thing they learned is in their organization, there's typically a meeting room bottleneck. So people wait to have the proper meetings until the rooms are available. Now the meetings are happening when they need to. So immediately, what I said is, and how are you going to translate that to when you get back into the building? And she said, I didn't think of that. And I said, watch for the things that you're learning right now that are working differently than before that are good. And also, on the flip side, for the right now things, look at the things that are breaking because probably that means your system is not as resilient as you thought, and these breakages should be fixed because even when you're back in the office, they're a frail part of the system and they should be improved. So that's what I encourage for looking at right now. And yes, it is a brilliant time to be looking at these things. I think stress on a system like this always exposes some really cool new things and exposes some ugly things that you have to deal with. So the main thing you have to do is rise above the stress and just be an observer and watch what's happening and start to glean the gold from those problems. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of feedback on the similar type of thing. They're realizing a lot of things that they really didn't need. We really didn't need all of those meetings and pulling people together 
from various locations and the physicalness of it all. So that in itself can provide a good segment of speed and boost and the clarity that we're getting. Absolutely. I have to add in though too, after a certain time, people are starting to realize they're losing the trusted connections and it's taking longer to communicate things. And that's where people are forgetting in the physical building, they walk the hallways, they talk to people, the small talk. They're forgetting to walk the virtual hallways. And so that's one of the things I got to note too. You're absolutely right. We're starting to drop things that we didn't need. And we're starting to notice the things that we lost that we really still need. Alan, so many business owners are looking at, well, it's a good time to be working harder when we're up against challenges right now. Let's just work harder. We'll put in more work. And it's coming out in the form of almost a burnout scenario. What are you seeing? I see the same thing. And it's not just now. The people that are really most successful are often the most driven. And unfortunately, they get caught up in the work harder scenario. When things aren't going right, things aren't going fast enough, they put in more time, more hours. And what I found is with the mindset of speed, you have to own the game clock. You know, uh, I like basketball a lot, and the best players work at a different speed level. LeBron James today, Larry Bird in the old days, really played the game at a different speed than everybody else. Everybody else around them looks frantic, but they're calm, cool, collected. They take less dribbles, they take less motions, and they score more often. It's really that leaders have to get that kind of mindset to be innerly calm and be focused on what the goal is, not on the activity, but on how do we get to the hoop the best way possible? How do we use our team? How do we take advantage of our current situation, our current time? In a game like that, everybody has the same game clock. We all have the same game clock too. How do we use the hours? It's a very cliche thing to say, but it's really important for the leaders to master that kind of mindset. And you mentioned in your book, in our conversations we've had too, that finding out where the problems are. As we mentioned, analogies of speed where we're trying to get away from the obstacles that are in the way. And what are some of the obstacles you're seeing in your clientele that really gets in their way and trips them up? Oh, that's great. I have a chapter that's actually called Get the Grit Out of the Gears or the Sand Out of the Gears. Because what I find is... A lot of organizations are really focused on a lot of things, but they're missing some of the details. And what I mean by the details is like if you're a professional biker, you're always making sure your bike gears are clear. The chain is clear. You're constantly cleaning it. Casual bikers don't care because they don't care as much about speed. So organizations should care about that as well. You mentioned meetings before. You know, I find this amazing because we've mastered, I believe, all the methods for how to lead meetings decades ago. But yet, I still a lot of organizations, I find this problem. One of the uh, tricks I encourage managers to do is do a periodic anonymous survey and just ask everybody, give them a list of meetings and rate them on three criteria on a scale of negative five to positive five. Negative five is like the energy level for the meeting. Did it suck your soul dry as a negative five? Five as I left more energetic than I came in. Then the other is value to the organization, negative five to positive five, and value to you as an individual, negative five to positive five. Amazingly, they had 20 to 30% of their meetings came out as not useful to the organization and not surprisingly soul-sucking. 
So we were able to immediately cancel the majority of those meetings and we fixed the ones that should have been valuable that weren't. So people know how to run meetings. They don't take responsibility for doing it correctly and well. And I find that very simple survey has really helped transform many organizations to look at it differently and remove the sand from the gears. So I love that kind of a reductive approach, right? So <laughs> but when you first started talking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, even right now, there's probably 30% I would love to cut. And I already feel like I've cut, but I can, right? So how about when we're in the meeting, what can we do to actually make them more productive? Oh, beautiful. There's a couple things. One is a lot of meetings, I think, become a Gregorian chant. By the way, forgive me all you Gregorian chant addicts out there. I know they can be beautiful and cool, but I mean the Monty Python one where you're beating your head over the rock with the same rhythm over and over again. They're the same meeting week after week. It's a status meeting. Everybody says the same thing they have every other week. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. (laughs) We've all suffered through those. (laughs) Yes. So I actually asked for two things. One is meeting leaders to take ownership of the drumbeat of the meeting. I learned in metal bands and other bands, the drummer is the one that sets the pace. And I actually believe meetings, however they are, are the drummer for organizations. They set the pace more than people have any idea. So be a great drummer. Use the meetings to set a great rhythm and make sure you vary the rhythm, vary the topics, make sure the topics each week are meaty, that they have relevance, that it sets the pace for the week run the meeting like it is setting the pace for the week. And periodically, even in bands, there's a slow spot. There's a slow song. It's fine to have a slow meeting. As long as you vary the beat, you have a purpose for it. If you need to slow things down, use your meeting to do so. If you need to get a hot rhythm going for that week, use your meeting to do so. You control it. There's various ways to do it. Uh, Second, as a participant, I'm tired of participants telling me about what horrible meetings they attended And I always ask them this question, have you talked to the facilitator? You know what the answer typically is? No. You have the skill set. You care about whether this meeting's effective or not. So does the facilitator. If they don't know it's not working for you, they might not know it's not working for anybody. Have the courage to stand up and talk to them. I like the fact that you're also giving everyone ownership of the experience, right? Like you have the power to influence. You can lead from any position in an organization. Absolutely. You know, I've heard the story before that uh, when the Titanic went down, there was enough skills and enough materials on the uh, ship to build enough light boats to save everyone. Just imagine if one person said, hey, I'm going to start building a light boat. Who wants to help? I wonder how much that would have changed the entire culture of that last six hours and how many people would have joined in. My belief is many would have. It only takes one from a calm, cool place to say, hey, we can do this differently. Let's do it better. Yeah, I just love that analogy. And it's also a great reminder that, you know, when we're leading and we're leading these teams, especially in small business where there's so many different things going on and there's this tension between wanting to be available and there for your people and also the fact that they look to you, right? And so whatever behavior you model, however you show up, that's going to reflect in what they do. So what I'm hearing from you is there's also this huge opportunity for leaders, to challenge and welcome the kind of feedback around what is happening during these meetings and other elements of the organization to knock the rust off, as you say, and really increase your speed. Absolutely. You know, so this is called lead with speed. 
And that's really what it's about. If you look at it, there's an old saying, the uh, speed of the pack is the speed of the leader, and which is encouraging the leader to go fast. But it's also, there's a other part, which is you got to consider that the mindset of the leader limits the speed of the pack as well. So you always got to be thinking about how can I find out how I can make the pack go fast even without me? How can I create this mindset and all the people that I'm working with so it's okay if they run ahead? I'll catch up later. Let's get that mindset throughout the organization. Let's lead with speed by sharing the whole mindset, sharing the ability, the skills on how to own the accelerator because we all do. We just often don't know it. Alan, I want to thank you again for joining us today. We really enjoyed having you here. It was a great amount of fun. Thank you for having me. Is there anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners? Well, you can always reach me at alanwillett.com, which is my website. You can find various offers I always have there. I have some uh, free little eBooks always, and I often have some new offers to go along with my books. That Right now I have one running for uh, free t-shirts, which are really high quality. And I have one nugget to leave you with. This is what I always encourage people is, number one is do good in the world. But the main thing I want to leave with today is I have in the book, 21 Immutable Laws of Speed. And the final law I think is really important for people to know. Leading with joy from start to finish infuses those that follow with the joy of speed. Thank you for having me. Our guest today has been Alan Willett, author of the new book, Lead with Speed. You can learn more about Alan as well as find links to his book and content on our website at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.